If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel. And this week, I want you to meet Joe Malone, founder of Joe Malone London and Joe Loves. Joe has been described as an English scent maverick, and she is responsible for creating some of the most world's loved fragrances. Originally a facial therapist, Joe fell in love with fragrance while working from her discreet skincare clinic, which she set up from her London home. In the 80s, Joe launched her first brand, Joe Malone London, which gained cult status around the world. In 1999, Joe sold the business to Estee Lauder and remained creative director until she left in 2006. Five years after leaving Joe Malone London, she launched her new brand, Joe Loves, to global anticipation. And in 2013, Joe opened Joe Loves' first store in London, where, coincidentally, she began her career as a 16-year-old florist. Joe was also awarded a CBE, Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, in 2018 for her services to the British economy. Joe is the author of an autobiography called My Story. And with that, Let's welcome Joe. Joe, first of all, I'm so excited to meet you because I am a genuine fan and customer. And so really delightful to get to properly have you on. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. I I love sharing a story and uh, talking about how we built. So thank you. You had no formal training before becoming a perfumer. Can you walk us through? I mean, tell us about those early days. I have always had an incredible sense of smell. At the age of 14, they diagnosed dyslexia with me. But up until then, no one really knew what it was. I mean, I I struggled reading, I struggled writing, I struggled all those. But my sense of smell was unbelievable. And I thought everybody could smell the way I smell. I could smell when it was going to rain. I could smell when the dog was sick. I could smell if the rose oil had turned slightly. I could smell absolutely everything. Everybody would say to me, God, you have the most amazing sense of smell. And for me, having dyslexia, now I understand it completely. My brain is just wired differently. So the sense of smell to me is like words are to you, or color is to an artist, or music is to a musician. The sense of smell recreates itself in my mind very differently. So when I see color, I can smell, I can physically smell the color that I'm looking at. And I started out, my first job was in a flower shop. Sense of smell obviously reared its head there. My second job was running a small beauty clinic, which of course, that was where I really discovered this incredible gift. And I seem to have this ability without any training to take parts of a fragrance like a puzzle and be able to lock them and piece them together and chain them together and create fragrances in a very normal fashion, but with very inquisitive, kind of different, full of imagination kind of results. And that really was how it all began. And my first time I ever went to Paris, I had these ideas in my head and I wanted to sit with a perfumer so that I could learn. I was 
I've, I've always been a person that's hungry to learn. And off I went to Paris. And of course, I was this young British girl with no training, with her sandwiches in her in her satchel, sitting there with a bottle of water all day long, until eventually a perfumer did come and help me. And, and that was the, the turning point of my life. Oh my goodness, Joe! I there's so many parts of this I'm just fascinated by. Can you walk us through what that creative process looks like? How do you know when a scent is going to be viable for the market? Walk us through a little bit of what that process is for you. I never look at what is right for the market. I look at what is right for me. That is always where I focus. So I will see something or meet someone or see a piece of art, taste something, anything, and suddenly my mind is off. And if I'm at the table with you having lunch or dinner, I probably am not listening to a word anyone's saying because my mind is starting to create the visual effect that I can see in front of me. And I'm seeing all of these pieces. Have you ever seen the movie The Queen's Gambit where she plays chess yes. on the ceiling? That's how my mind works. So I will often look up and I'm moving chess pieces in my head, but they're all fragrance notes. And I'm thinking, okay, should the gardenia be in the top bit? No, I want it right in the base. Um, and in order for that gardenia to progress, I need an oud and a cedar wood underneath it. Then that's going to lift her. Then what about a little bit of frankincense, a little bit of cinnamon and ginger? What happens if it brings that petal? So I'm literally creating sculpture from the notes wow. of the fragrance. And I'm seeing it in my head. When I finish that fragrance, I look at it and I look, have you told me the story that I had in my heart? And if the answer is yes, it's red dotted and off it goes to live and to be part of our collection. But I'd never, ever watch what the industry is doing. I just don't. And what the ingredient is that's popular doesn't interest me copying or walking in the footsteps behind someone else. I want to claim my own ground myself. I want to talk a little bit about your decision to start afresh with Joe Loves post-selling Joe, Joe Malone. What was that like? What was that experience? What's important here to understand why I did it second time is why did I leave the first time? And I think it's an important key that unlocks the understanding. Once you've had that taste of global domination as an entrepreneur, there is nothing else like it. And you want to sit at the table and enjoy that banquet again. When I walked away from Joe Malone London all those years ago, and for me, it was a lifetime ago, I had just gone through uh, cancer treatment. I had been given nine months to live. And I had got done a year's oh chemotherapy. What I had told nobody was the chemo. So I was on some of the toughest chemo that you face. Um, and I'd lost my hair. I'd, I was, I was a, a shadow of who I was and I couldn't smell. I couldn't head a global brand knowing I couldn't smell. Now, I hadn't told her, not even my husband, hadn't even told Larry. I was so ashamed that the one thing I could do brilliantly had now been taken away from me. But I had my life back. So I had that big major decision. Did I stay? Did I bluff it? I'm not that kind of person, Alexa, to, to do that. I really am not. I, I am true to myself every single day. And so I made the decision to leave. And, I, and when I turned the key in the lock that last day and I put the bath oils on the shelves, I thought, oh, my God, I've made the worst decision of my life. What on earth am I going to do? And then I had to enter my five-year lockout, which was just horrendous for me. And I walked down the street and oh, I cried. And then a month later into that lockout, I woke up one morning and my sense of smell had come back so powerfully and so differently. 
And I started to smell with such an intensity. But then I had five years and never been able to use my nose, not being able to enter the industry or do anything. And everyone was watching me. I was a bit like Alice in Wonderland, I think. I went down the rabbit hole for a long time and went slightly crazy. Uh, I, was, I turned into the mad, the scented mad hatter, sort of longing to create and do something, and I couldn't do anything. And it was when that five years ended, I looked at myself and I thought, if you don't get up, girl, and you don't fight for what you really love in life, you are going to regret it. And so that was the turning point when I decided to come back and create. And I knew I wanted to create and create a global brand that changed the world again. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I set out to accomplish. Joe, first of all, um, thank you for being just so raw and honest. Talk a little bit about Joe Loves, your vision, what you want to create, what, what you have created and where you're taking the business. So it's just like anybody in life. What is the fun going back in life and retracing the same steps and creating as you did before? I knew I was different. I knew cancer had changed me. I knew age had changed me. And there was something gritty about me that I hadn't felt in my character necessarily before. And I knew that that wanted to come out in my creativity. But starting again, I knew my constraints. So I knew there was a brand there now that bared my name, but I was still the person and I still very much use Joe Malone. That is my name. And yet I had to be so different. And so it was a real dichotomy uh, for a long time. And it really played with my mind. But I knew the desire to create was greater than all of the the mountains I had to climb in order to achieve that. And I think that when you know you are really good at something in life, and it's the one thing you can do better probably than anyone else in the world, you have to find a way of creating it again. And for me, I went right the way back to the young woman who had started with nothing. My son actually came up with the name of the, the business, and he was only seven at the time. And I, I Gary and I were sitting around at dinner and saying to each other, what should we call ourselves? And this little hand goes up and he said, mom, why don't you call yourself Joe Loves? Because you really love fragrance and fragrance is in love with you. And it was like out of the mouths of an angel. And that night we started trademarking Joe Loves because we knew before we sell one bottle of fragrance, we had to register and trademark an IP every single territory around the world. So we were down a million and a half before we'd even started. And it was such a different kind of turnaround. So by that point, it was like, okay, girl, well, do you really want to do this? Because this is a very different way to building a business. And we kept on and on and on. We eventually, uh, we came here where we're sitting right now is 42 Elizabeth Street. And Gary uh, gave me a key on my birthday. And he said, go be a shopkeeper again, uh, because you're a tiger. Uh, wandering around trying to find something to do. And we came here, and as I put the key in the door here, I realised I'd worked in this place before when I was 16 years old. So I'd returned all the way back. Where I'm sitting right now, uh, it was a delicatessen, and the flower shop was on the corner. Oh, my gosh. Joe, your life is poetic. Talk through the vision over the next five to ten years that you have for Joe Loves. What do you want to do in this chapter? The next chapter of my life, I believe life happens in trilogies and I'm living my third. I felt about three, four years ago. So we had Joe Loves up and running. And in my life, adventure has always found me, always. And I've always had the courage to stand up and run with it. 
This time I felt life was saying, you've got to go find this next big adventure. And I was thinking, okay, well, where, where am I going to find it? Well, you know, whose door do I knock on? And I realized after traveling extensively in the Middle East that there was a banquet of opportunity. And if ever I was going to be more than just the girl that made fragrance, it's, I had to go find it. And I found now I now live in the Middle East and I'm creating there. So I'm on this huge, big project, which I'd love to tell you about towards the end. Um, and I'm creating extensively in that region and also running Joe Loves from that part of the world. So I, I deal with one half of the world and the British team deal with the other half. And it has been fascinating. It has been probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Everything is starting to really kind of roll and happen now. But of course, when you start to grow really quickly, all of the business has to play catch up really fast. So uh, again, huge learning curves. But one of my big dreams is to become the senses eyes for global corporations. So to bring the sense of smell, the sense of sound, the five senses in such a powerful way, teach that creative entrepreneurial instinct. How do I, how do I smell an entrepreneur? How do I, how do I hear an artist? How do I um, develop all those things? Talk a little bit about the omni-channel of what you've learned between new social, global expansion, brick and mortar, online, um, and how you think retail is evolving. I think retail has always evolved, but it is moving at such a pace at this moment in time. I think that that human element of retail is so vitally important. When we opened Joe Loves for the first time, I knew we had to do something very different. And I don't know whether you've ever been to our shop in Elizabeth Street, but we have a tapas bar and it's not to serve food. It's to serve four courses of tapas for your nose. So your shower gels come from cocktail shakers, your bath colognes appear from hot steaming tagines. We call it our first kiss with the brand. So it's the consumer's first time they walk in and they engage with the brand. And the first thing I wanted a consumer, no matter where they were in the world, was to see creativity flourishing and living at its best um, and so the tapas is part of that. I then went on to create a candle cocktail bar and then to create the world's first fragrance paintbrush. Over the last 10 years, I've seen this whole appetite of, as you're growing a business, you know, the operational bit is so important, but that creative, that is your future. What is in your head and your heart and those crazy thoughts how do we make them real? How do we make them happen? How do we bring them to market? How do we excite the consumer? How do we tell stories differently? How do we engage? I'm sitting in the front of that ship and I'm looking always for those new ideas, that new appetite, that new piece of circus that will delight or like movie making moments. And I then bring them to life in fragments and storytelling. I think as we move forward and I look at all the channels that we've entered and I've got to be honest, I'm an older generation. I can't move as fast as a younger generation. My mind is not as agile as theirs are, but I have so much to learn. And actually, Anna, who's sitting with me, she's under 30. She has the most agile mind. So you need that team around you. We both need each other. We need that traditional classic platform, but we need this unbelievable creativity. And with it, we will create this incredible third collaborative life that I believe could really change so many businesses. 
Um, Joe, before we transition to talking about you and what you've learned, I want to give you the chance. Is there anything else about Joe Loves that I should have asked that you want to share with the world? I want to tell you about the project that I'm working on. My mission this year, from the beginning of this year, was to create 101 notes through the year, through all my experiences from Oman to the elephants in Tula Tula to riding my horse in Montana, you name it. To the end of Ramadan, I created a fragrance that was the end of Ramadan. I've done all these amazing notes. And at the end of this year, you will be able to give me a story of your life in one sentence, and I will be able to recreate that story for you in under five notes of fragrance. Um, and I started to work, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So you could tell me about the child that you've given birth to or your grandmother sitting having Sunday lunch in our garden in the south of France. I will be able to recreate your story for you in fragrant notes in under five. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on For Starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Joe, I want to transition to you. Talk a little bit about what you've learned from being an entrepreneur the first mm -hmm. time in Joe Malone and second time in Joe Loves. Teach us some of your wisdom of what you've learned about how you thrive in the journey. I think there's three really important ingredients. I always go back to what's in a bottle, whether it's a physical product or whether it's an emotional product. You need passion, you need resilience, and you need creativity. And those three are your starting point for anything that we do. If you don't feel passionately, I I live in the moment. I think cancer taught me actually that, Alexa, that in my younger life, I was always waiting for tomorrow. And I forgot to ever say today has been amazing. I was always on to the next thing. I live in the moment now. So right at this minute, I'm 100% yours. My phone's off. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. In an hour's time, I'll be doing something else. I will live in that moment. I think that is really important. I believe everyone has a bank account of creativity and only you can access that bank account. No one else, no one can touch it. And your currency will only go up in value and it will never devalue, but it will only go up in value if you use it. And if we start to trust that instinct and that gut of creativity, and that's not to say that everyone's going to be an entrepreneur, creative, which is how we were born. We were born to be creative human beings. That's what makes us different from machines, from AI. That's our point of difference. If we start to see that part of us as one of the greatest, we will start to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful human beings. But doing all those things, there's going to be really tough times. And you don't want those tough times to be taken away because if they are, we won't be strong. When tough times happen in your business, the first two years in Joe Loves was excruciating. It was so hard. I wanted to quit every day, but I soldiered through, I dusted myself off, and I learned to be a warrior. My armor and my muscle now in retail is pretty resilient, if I'm honest. 
I can see through most things now around most things. And every time something happens and we come up with a situation that is difficult, and you will, don't be frightened of those times. Work through them. You will always have three choices. You can either walk off the battlefield straight away. You can either carry on walking towards your goal and the consequences. You can either stand your ground or the most important one is you stand your ground, wait, then move to the right or to the left and carry on moving forward towards what you want. So you always have options. You always have those things. You've just got to think out what is the right thing here to do. And I would say don't walk off the field until you've exhausted all those other things. Don't walk off the field. I always tell people, if you have the guts to not give up and to do one thing exceptionally well every day for a decade, you will be successful. Oh, I love that. And it's to your point. No, it's no one's responsibility but yours. You know how people always want a mentor. You know something? I'm not sure about that whole that whole kind of movement of mentors because we need to learn. We need to, I mean, by all means, ask for help. Ask for someone to open you a door. But I'm sorry, you've got to walk through that door. You've got to learn how to handle that situation. And business is not easy, no matter what business you're in. But you want to learn to handle every And every time you succeed in something and you overcome, you become stronger, you become more resilient, you become more valuable to your business, to your family, and to the world. I've had some real big knocks, and I'm sure I'll have a few more. You know, one of the things I, I've admired about you a lot from afar is you've been so open about discussing your struggle with, with breast cancer and the diagnosis in 2006. It's clear that in some ways that maybe even gave you a superpower. Is there anything else that you would teach us that you learned about during that period? So being very creative, um, most entrepreneurs will suffer some kind of mental anxiety. And what I would say is, as an entrepreneur, we live with adrenaline, you know, that that adrenaline rush we kind of live for, don't we? We like that feeling of, of the chase and, and off we go. But when things calm down, the adrenaline often in my system continues to keep me wanting to run. And I had to learn to not be frightened of anxiety. As it, you know, be real, be a real human being. Just because we're successful, just because we've achieved global success does not make us untouchable in life. And I, I've learned the more I've accepted who I am and not being afraid of the things that I can't, because I can control most things, but there are some things in life I can't control. And I just have to accept that now. And in fact, one of the one of the things I did last year was I was suffering really severely from anxiety. I think it was coming out of COVID. I think it was that longing for that human reaction again. And for me, I, some people are fine. I just am not one of those people. And anxiety really got a grip of me. And I went off on holiday. And, and this was the moment when I decided to go and, and find adventure and go and live somewhere abroad. But as I kind of looked up in the sky and I had this, these sort of ideas, I saw people jumping out of a plane with parachutes. And I thought, right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to do that. Because that was what I needed to do. And sometimes in life, we don't physically need to jump out of a plane, but we do need to when we're starting a business. And you think, oh, I do hope that parachute's going to pull as I, as I open and jump out of that plane. But I physically went up, went into that plane, sat on the edge. And as we jumped, from that day, I have never suffered anxiety badly again from that minute that I jumped out of the plane. And I think 
something happened to me that made me see the thing I feared the most was conquered. And it's not to say I don't get a panic attack now and again. Yeah, I do. But I normally sit there and I'll have some ice cold water or a hot peppermint or I'll do something to shock my brain to think of something else. Don't be frightened in business or, or in life with not being perfect. Because if you're looking for perfection and it doesn't exist, you will spend your life trying to find something that doesn't exist instead of appreciating the broken pieces and the cracks and all of who you really are. And that will lead you to a much more fulfilled life. You are building Joe Loves with your husband, Gary. Yeah. Gary is your teammate, your partner, your business partner, your life partner. Tell us why that works. I think we're both very different. So I'm very right brain. He's very left brain. We've worked together ever since we married. So we've been married 38 years. We love adventure. We love each other. We love laughter. We love people. Oh, you know, a lot of the things that we love are joint. Um, we have the most beautiful son who we adore spending time with. And I think that we stand back to back with each other. And do you know something? I think in this world right at this moment, this feeling of trustworthiness, the feeling of standing together is needed so much we seem to have lost a little bit of that. And I think the reason Gary and I work so much is we stand back to back with each other. You know, I have his back always, he has mine. And as we move and moving to a new territory, new country, we had to make new friends. We, we had to start from scratch. And can I just tell you, the night I left two days ago, I was surrounded by the people I'd met who I love to are now my friends. And that is very much the atmosphere that you create in your business or in your family and especially with your husband, I want to be people where people are drawn to us, not put off. I love to find fun and adventure. I love to see, both Gary and I love to see other people thriving as well, because when they thrive, when you're thriving, it just makes such a nice atmosphere to live and to work in. So when you're building your businesses, yeah, of course it is about, you know, finance and, you know, being successful. Otherwise, how do you pay the wages? How do you pay the rent? But it's so much more than that as well. You know, it's about friendship. It's about the adventures that we share together and, you know, the things that we do. And if those people decide to move on and, and, and go and do other things, they've been part of your life for a, a period of time. Always leave the door open. And when the person is going, always remember that you want that door to be left open. Leave everything on a good note. Not on a bad, not on a bad one. Leave it on a good note because you know what? You never know when you're going to need that person. And I just think the world at this moment is grabbing everything and it's like, it's mine, it's my right. It's like, it's like just, just stop. Just stop. Let's build this together and let's share it together. Because if everyone keeps just grabbing pieces, no one's going to end up with anything. I'd rather a smaller slice of a larger cake than the whole small cake, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. Joe, I want to transition to our quick fire round because yeah, yeah, um, I'm dying to hear your quick answers on some <laughs> of these. What gets you out of bed every day? Um, my hairdresser, because I can't ever do my hair. So if I've got a hairdressing appointment, I always have it at 7.30 and I jump out of bed because I can never do my own hair. What is your favorite interview question that you like to ask people? So when I'm in an interview and I'm interviewing someone for a job, I will ask them what was their lowest moment of their life? And how do they climb to the top of the mountain again? And where? what is the landscape they see now? What was your biggest pinch me moment to date in your career? I think receiving my CBE from who is now King Charles, going to Buckingham Palace, and then that evening 
going to a white tie event at Buckingham Palace and supporting Her Majesty the Queen at the time with our medals on and uh, being in the throne room. Yeah, I think that was a pinch me moment. What is a quote that you live by? Any quote that like really holds deep meaning to you? It's from Geddes and it's for man to discover new oceans. He must first have the courage to lose sight of the shore. I live that every day. Is there a book that has had a major impact on your life? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a book called The Hundred Foot Journey. And I read it. It's about a chef, an Indian chef. And in fact, a movie was made uh, with Helen Mirren. And it's about an Indian chef that goes all the way and gets his Michelin star and then loses part of himself and returns back to the ingredients of cooking and life and builds this unbelievably successful business. And it's a book that resonates very strongly with me. If you think about something that you hold as sacred in business, in life, what is it? Family. Family is the most precious thing ever. My son, my husband, um, unfortunately, I don't have any family um, who are alive anymore, but the sacredness of love and family, I think is one of, is the most precious thing that we have. Joe, I just have to say, um, it is absolutely delightful to get a proper window into who you are. It is so clear that the global world needs your gift. And the fact that it is something, you know, and I hope everybody out there go to joeloves.com immediately. Um, (laughs) Please. Yes, it is so clear that you have this immeasurable talent, but it's really the authenticity and the like joy of you creating smell and product that you're so passionate about that it it, it's, it is, you are a storyteller. I totally agree with your son. And there's just something so romantic about who you are as a human. So thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody out there, as I said, you got to check out and learn more about Joe Loves at joeloves.com. And you can join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alex Vontobel. Joe, we're rooting for you. You are just such a star. And I'm so grateful to have met you today. Thank you. Thank you. 